You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York room. Brian. Scott. <laughs> Just where are we, Brian? I don't know. We're, we're yeah. a week removed. Do you Have you found in the last week, have you found a reason to live? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got nothing. I think this will be like more like an hour-long therapy session. Just be, <laughs> it's really what this is anyway. <laughs> right. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's you and I just unloading ourselves. Right. Uh, a listening public that is maybe there or maybe not there. It's not important. Right. <laughs> What's important is we unburden ourselves. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Knicks uh, are gone. They're gone from our lives. So. <laughs> <laughs> they were propping us up, I think, both collectively, emotionally. Yeah. Uh, spiritually. And then they were gone. So quickly, so abruptly. Right. So it's so unnecessary. Not fittingly, not with any dignity or any. You know, wasn't the worst part that that moment when we were trying, when the garden was trying to give them that like final standing ovation of like, hey, this has been terrible, but what a great season. And Trey Young hit the three pointer <laughs> right in the middle of it and then took a bow and it was like, oh, yeah. we don't even get, we didn't even get like no dignity. None. None. Nothing. That was not a dignified end to the season. No. And, you know, right. It, it was a very Game of Thrones ending. That's a good point. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Game. Right. Right. <laughs> or just right. like. That was the red wedding of basketball uh, series. <laughs> right. It, it was the red wedding or like the season was all the cool and fancy stuff that, uh, you killed her, you raped her, you murdered her children. You know, like that was the regular season, and then the playoffs was when the mountain just trips him, grabs him, and crushes his skull instantly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's how I saw it. Right. Uh, like, that's what it. Like, I loved this guy. He seemed so awesome. I had confidence in him. I was very nervous, and then, oh my god, look how awesome! Uh, he's dead. He's dead. He's <laughs> right. right. Oh yeah, it was right. A, right. It was awful. We're just left standing there. What? What? What was this? Anything at all? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's all it was. Did we just make it up? What? Like, we're now days removed. How have you been processing it? What was it? Are you putting the pieces back together? Was it something we can still feel good about? I think so. I think I've, I've like moved into then I start, I was like so crushed. And then I've been moving into defensiveness now of like, no, this was, they were special and they were, I think that's true. I don't think it erases the whole season, but it's, we're lying to ourselves. If that it wasn't, it was disappointing, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, right. I, I, I you know, I do. First of all, I just want to say I love the tone of this podcast so far. I think it truly reflects how we feel in just like every way, shape, or form. I think we are. I think we're emanating a relatable sadness right now. If I may evaluate us in real time, but you know, how have I been processing it? I haven't gotten defensive. 
Because I, th- I think I have been able, honestly, I, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit. You know, Brian, there might be some people in this world that might think that I am not at, like, peak emotional healthiness all the time. <laughs> I think there's some people who might, you know, pour, like, uh, uh, view me in that light. But I got to say, I'll pat myself on the back. I feel like I've done a good job of processing the season. I think I've been able to hold at the same time that that was a humiliating end and and it was bad and and it was humiliating to the team, it was humiliating to Tibbs, it was humiliating to Randall and RJ, I think less so. Uh but I also think that there should only be optimism moving forward right. still. Like I, I do believe that. I, I just think if you're a Knicks fan and you're panicking right now, like, because here's the thing. I think the Knicks fans that are currently panicking are also going to be the one that will be like, how dare you criticize our, a Randall? How dare right. you? Like, how dare you? And, and, but they, but they're also just like, we need guys. Like, we just trade anything right, for Kawhi. Dan. Yeah, yeah, right. Kawhi right now. <laughs> and, and, and you're just like, you know. How how are both those things true at the same time? Right. Like, right. so Randall is unquestionably great, but also we need Lillard and Kawhi. Right, and- <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's just that's not possible. And I just think, like, yeah. I, I mean, look. The bright side is, is that Randall having a bad series has helped the Knicks leverage in 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 resigning him, but. We get to resign him, and, right. and he's a really good player. And like anyone who thinks that we should now reconsider Randall, like, what planet are you on? Like, if we take Randall off of this team, who's the star that wants to come? Right. I mean, if anything, it's like that part where we almost he almost did us a favor, right? Cause yeah. We have the power position. Like he was. It was like, does he want to accept this hundred and six million dollar offer that? You know, he could play out his next year and then be and then be in line for like a huge deal. You know, now that flips a little bit where now he might say, well, maybe I take one hundred and six million. Maybe I won't get another shot at a deal like that, a contract like that. Or maybe I take two to three years, like a smaller deal. And then I get another bite at the apple of the big, big, you know, all NBA type contract that these other guys get. So it does, it almost gives us, cause like, I know I'm like that, like, I think we offer that to him. Why wouldn't we like, he's good enough that it's not like a disaster. You know what I mean? Like everybody has it in their mind that like, you know, it's not like baseball. He's not going to get a 10 year, $300 million contract. Like he's going to get four years that, you know, he's, he's totally worth that. It's not that scary a proposition to me. Right. Um, so for that perspective, it's almost helpful. I guess I agree with you. Like I'm, I'm of two minds of like, I'm like super excited about the next year. I still love the young core we have, like excited for guys to get better, but it is like, there does have to be an acknowledgement that like it was, it wasn't like, Oh, well, Hey, (laughs) the better team won. Like it was not, they didn't show well. They didn't show out well. Tibbs didn't have a good series. Randall had a terrible series. They didn't play well. Right. Like, it wasn't as good as they could play. I f- you know what I mean? Like, we didn't just get beat by a better team. We didn't perform well. Right. Like, yeah. even for us, I think that we all ha- were right to, 
to go in with higher expectations than what happened in those five games. <laughs> and it was not a good performance, you know? Yeah. We got our asses kicked. Right. We didn't play well. You know, I, yeah. just, I think I think even to say that they were better than us is like taking a, us off the hook on some level. Like we didn't meet the moment. Like, yeah, I think, you know, everybody was. And I do think Randall's a big part of that. Like, I think he was jittery from this jump. And I think everybody responded to it that, oh, no, he's like. And, and look, it doesn't mean I don't think he will learn for it. I think it, it, it is analogous to what he was like last year where he, he came in and he's like. I'm the guy. I got to be the guy. And he looked like that. Yeah. And then he, you know, got used to it. And I think had this great regular season. And I think this is that next level. I mean, I hope, I think there's a reason to believe that's true, but it's like, you can't deny that that's what happened also. <laughs> yeah, no, you're a hundred percent right. Like, and that's the thing because, and look, we're all adults. And, and that's what's so frustrating about some of these conversations. It's like, be a grown up for God's sake. Like, <laughs> Does his playoff series discredit his entire season? No. But he was awful. He was right. so bad. And, yes, he's probably the number one person to blame for this series going the way that it did. Like, yeah. he just is. And I know, yeah, yeah. oh, they were focused on him. The whole defense was shifted. To like, like, that wasn't happening during the season. Like, what? I, I don't right. know. Nobody figured that out in, like, February. Right. Like, if you... <laughs> Right. I mean, I agree. I think he panicked and didn't ever kind of regroup. And yeah, they did put more pressure on him because it is like you can have take the time to like focus the whole defense on him. But yeah, he didn't respond to it. He was really bad. Right. I guess though you are hearing like, you know, Berman of the post had like a, the Knicks must reevaluate everything. I mean, I, I just don't I'm not going that far. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, they were totally exposed and like <laughs> it's OK like I'm okay to be like the four or five seed again next year with only minor improvements. Like I'd like to get better. I think there's, if there's opportunities, they should go for it. But like, look, this is better than the problems we had last year. You know, like we're in a better, I'm enjoying, I enjoyed this year much more than any other year. It's so, in a long time. it's so ridiculous. Too. I'm so tired too, of hearing people like, you know, look, nobody is saying, no one's saying it's required of you to be like, I don't know, optimistic about what we just saw. I, I just, I, you know, I'm sorry. I don't have a patient, any patience for people who are like unhappy or they have to have more. Or if we don't make a big move now, like I was actually saying this in, I think our group text the other day, I, when we were just like an embarrassment, I would, I wish they would do anything, even if it was stupid so that right. we could at least be watchable again. Now we're good. Don't just do anything now. Yeah, right. Now is the, the the time to not make a stupid decision. Right. Like, be more conservative. Yeah. Like we really got something here. I, I mean, you know, I, I do think I, I really do love Ryan Rosillo, and I and I do think because he, like, I don't always agree with him, but I do think everything he does say is a well thought out thing. I don't think he's necessarily off about any sports opinion off the cuff. And I just feel like he's saying the exact same thing. He's just like, hey, Knicks fans, congratulations on having a great season. Let me say that again. Congratulations, <laughs> Knicks fans, on a great season. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that is what it was. He's also saying, and I really, I, I really, he said that he's been hearing that the the leverage has shifted in the Randall Nix situation. 
in that Randall was thinking about not accepting an extension and playing out next year and, and whatever. Uh, and then after that playoff series, now he's just like, well, you know, maybe I'm going to... Sounds pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> right. Are you guys still offering that? Because I'll take it. Right, right. <laughs> which is great, which is perfect. And But this is what drives me nuts. And Simmons' response is like, I wouldn't give him anything over $100 million at this point. Like, after what we saw, like, I just would not do anything over $100 million. That's crazy. And, and you're just like... And, and Rosillo did say this, and it was exactly... Again, it's what I was thinking, but I'll, I'll just take credit for it. And that's fine. But, like... Who then? Who like? Okay, fine. Right. Let, let him walk, and and yeah. then and then what? And what's the next step to that? Like right or bring? I guess what? Bring him back for next year on his current salary, and just like then see what happens. Right. You know. But I guess any you could do that, but you could. But I mean, also, what if he has like a fluky injury? You know, not like a structural like oh this guy's pro-, but like just I don't know. Let's say he breaks his hand, and he right. misses significant time, or you know, let's like. Basically, too, if we if we let him play out the final year of his deal, then it's almost like the like it, it should be assumed he'll get through the regular season either at or above the level of last year, and then it's all that's going to matter is his postseason and can he erase the memory of this postseason, and that's really what it's going to boil down to in his contract. So if you're Randall, you have to take the extent you can't put all of it, all the chips in the middle of the table on no bad luck. And a good playoff performance next year. Yeah, yeah. No, and you you might even know. Hey, I'm. This is as good as I'm gonna. You know, this is as good as I can do. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. Like, I agree. And he just gives you a baseline of competence where everything's easier. You either you he makes it easier to attract a star player, or you could even, you know, 106 million is not crazy for him. You could use right. him as a trade. You could use him in a trade. Like, he. There's just no reason not to lock in. At least you have him for four years. It's not that ridiculous amount of money. He's young. He's in his prime. Like, there's just no reason to worry about, like, that. I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't fret over it for a second. And as you've said a few times, I do think a lot of, too many people are discounting, uh, like, we could see pretty dramatic improvement from a number of players on our roster. Yeah, a ton. Obi, I think, is could be a monster next year. Yeah. I, but he's 24, Brian. I, right. Yeah, no, right. So he can't improve. It's right. not possible. Like, no, he, as the season went on, he was great by the end of the year. Right. Um, quickly, I expect to be much better. Yeah. RJ, I think, will be a lot better. Like, Mitchell Robinson's coming back. Um, I think it will make a big difference. Like, you know, there's a lot of internal improvement. Kevin Knox. I mean, God, he's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> he's ready. No, but, you know, there's improvements to be had. No, and I was even surprised. I don't know why it surprised me so much, but it, it did seem to, jarring to hear, like, I didn't realize this is Devin Booker's sixth year in the NBA. Yeah, it takes it takes a while. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cause, so, and these guys come in now at 18, 19 years old, and it takes them four or five years before they really become what they're going to become. So, right. like, for RJ to already be this good is we're ahead of the game. Yeah, like, Trey Young is 22. RJ's 20. You're at, right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's wild. Uh, uh, look, Knicks fans, let's just be sad that the season's over and acknowledge that we had our pants taken down and, <laughs> you know, 
everyone saw our privates and that's right. that's hard people saw it they yeah, saw us. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hard to recover from right but we live in the age of the internet you know everybody's privates are out there in some fashion right. or another so so you know we gotta just pick ourselves yeah. up and and we got some optimism so now they are gonna have to do something like they could do nothing but they got to do something well they have i mean they got to do things because they have a lot of decisions to make right they got it like they have bullock burks rose they got to decide how many of those guys they're going to keep right um they you know they're going to need a point guard of some kind like whether that is a short-term thing or a you know more prominent like alonzo ball like they're going to have to make a call there so there's going to be some changes. It's not just like run it back 100%, but are they going to go with a more modest approach? Are they going to swing it? I mean, the thing is there's so many. It's too early to even speculate. But So the available point guards are Kyle Lowry, Mike Connolly, Goran Dragic, Dennis Schroeder, Spencer Dinwiddie, Lonzo Ball. Who's your favorite of that group? Do you need me to list it again? So we're talking just free agency. No forced trades, no unhappy superstars. Simply, here is the market. Here's what's out there. Yeah, I mean, if you're just talking free agents, I mean, it depends if Chris Paul really does opt out and he's available. I think that would probably be a very exciting move to try and make. Um, I like the Kyle Lowry idea on like a one or two year deal where you just pay him a ton of money for a short term. I think he'd be really fun. I think he'd really love playing in the garden. And then he'd really. Can you see me? Yeah. Uh, yes. Your picture is frozen, but I hear okay. your voice. Okay. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> Something strange has happened. Um, I think he'd be really fun. I think he'd make us better, and we'd still have all this flexibility. <laughs> um, I can see you're still seeing just a frozen face, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm in- rather enjoying it. Because <laughs> I see, yeah, the version of my face that you're looking at frozen. And it's a very. <laughs> It's quite a spatial expression. Right. It's not unflattering, but it's but, not flattering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... Right. <laughs> um, I don't want Lonzo Ball. I don't... I wouldn't do Dennis Schroeder. I don't want any, like, you know... Uh, like, you know, it's funny because I don't want to do, like, a Randall thing like we did which obviously has now worked out but you know what i mean i don't want to like do some type of like resettling guy and you know a dinwiddie because we you know what i mean like i just don't think we need to do something like that see i don't know i kind of wouldn't mind dinwiddie actually dinwiddie's interesting yeah he's a really good player coming (laughs) off injury but again i wouldn't like would i wouldn't give him like a commitment contract like you're right you're talking like a short-term like prove it deal for him like are you healthy i would do that for sure um i don't know like you know the guy i wouldn't like the guys i would stay away from are like schroeder lonzo um forget some of the other like you know conley would be interesting but i I, again i don't know how much like the length of time that i would want to do that for i mean also he just wouldn't come here so yeah so Let's talk about Lonzo for a second, because did we talk about him last week? I don't even remember. I don't remember. Well, anyway, Lonzo, yeah, I think 
both of us were pretty into Lonzo around the trade trade deadline, and now both of us are pretty far off him at this point. Yeah. What are your top reservations? Well, you know, it was like at the deadline, we were like a 500 team. And it felt like we needed a move. You know, you didn't know Rose was going to have the kind of impact that he did have. Yeah. I also liked the idea of getting Lonzo here ahead of his free agency and seeing what it looked like. And then, you know, obviously you would have to give up a lot to to do that trial run. But I just thought it would be worth it to really get a look at him. Like, then then you're like, okay, this is a good idea. He's just been so inconsistent. He really hasn't been that great a player. You're going to have to pay him a super premium. Um, and probably, you know, you're talking about like four or five year deal, like really make a commitment to Lonzo ball. I just like something about him. I just don't want to do that. You know, like, um, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I totally get the idea of it. He fits a lot of the peat boxes of what they're looking for. Um, but I would hold out for something better. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think like if they signed him, I wouldn't get upset. But I wouldn't be excited. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. I do think that's the perfect way to put it is, like, he just isn't, like, it's just too much, too big a gamble. Too many. Yeah, like, I'd rather keep the juggle, the balls up in the air. Like, what happens with Lillard? Like, can we get a a guy on a short-term contract to kind of just solve the problem for now and then, like, keep, you know, keep all these assets we have, like, keep there's a move that's better than that. Whereas we had a lot of money tied up in Lonzo ball, just lose some of that flexibility we have. I just don't want to do it. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. He is not, he's just not worthy of like a strong commit. Right. Yeah. Especially where we are. Especially who he is. This seems like, I remember I texted once that I just thought he had big loser energy. (laughs) 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 Which is probably unfair, but it's just, you know what I mean? He just doesn't bring any spirit. Like he just like, yeah, you know, I want this guy. He seems to me like, like, uh, even though he's the oldest, and I don't know, I, I, you know, I'm an only child, so you have a better sense of a sibling dynamic than I do. But he, he seems like the there's only so much room for personality in this house, sibling. Right. <laughs> does that does do you get that vibe off of him? Right. Well, he's nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah. Um, he, he's not a bad guy either. I just. I don't know. Again, yeah, I want to keep the. I just would like rather keep the options open. Agreed. Now I've really warmed up to the Kyle Lowry idea. I was pretty against it in my head for a while, but I'm kind of all in on that. Yeah, I, that's the move I like the best because he's good. I think he would really thrive. I think he would like playing for us in the Garden. He's won a championship already, so if, like for him, it's like, you know, you could say he might go to Philly where he'd have a better shot, and I could see that happening. He's from there. But I could also see maybe he's like at the point of his career. I won a championship. Let me go play in the Madison Square Garden for the Knicks and still be good. Yeah. Like he might like that. We'll be pay him a lot of money. You wouldn't have to give him a you know, like it could be one or two years. Like I, I think also that would be fun. I also think him and Tibbs would be like, where where have you been all my life to each other? Yeah, for sure. You know, definitely. So yeah, I really love that idea. Now, what would you think of so? I, again, I heard, you know, I don't know. I'm just pretty much aggregating a different podcast. But R- Simmons and Rosillo talked about um, <laughs> the Damian Lillard situation. And, and they were like, uh, they don't think the Knicks have enough chips to trade for Lillard. That, you know, 
that where that Lillard has too good a relationship with Portland to like force his way out to only one spot and that and that Portland's not getting enough back. Right. And that but he also wouldn't want to come to us because in order for Portland to get enough back, it's not enough for him to come. Right. Because we'd have to give up so much to get him that then the team we leave behind. Right. See, I just don't think that's true. Like, when these superstars force their way out, like, you just don't get what you... Like, why wouldn't we have enough? Like, Well, I just um, think because, like, I think their point was that, you know, like, Harden obviously could care less what happened to Houston in his wake. Right. You know? But I think that they, like, they seem to hold that Lillard's going to care how he treats Portland on the way out. Right. And that could be the difference. Right. I don't know. I mean, I just think we definitely have the pieces. It's just like, how many of them do we want to give up? Like, right. I mean, RJ and a ton of picks and then maybe even one of our other young players like that doesn't get it done. That's a pretty good deal for that. What, what do they think they're going to get? You know? Well, me, well, meanwhile, it got floated out that it would be RJ and a bunch of picks for CJ McCollum, which is just like, no, no way. Like, yeah. yeah. Hard. No. Yeah. I would never give up RJ from a cop. Like, yeah, yeah. Guys, 20. Again, right. I mean, if you're trading for CJ McCollum, you want RJ on the team. Like, yeah. You know, could you, you get use an OB and a, and a bunch of picks for CJ McCollum? Maybe. But they probably, that probably wouldn't be enough for them. I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if, I don't know what the, the view around the league is of OB. Probably not great. But yeah, I don't think uh, great, but people will regret that. I, I mean, I really am high on him now. I think he's going to be good. I really do. Um, that'd be, I mean, that's an interesting one to keep an eye on. I think that he could, they could look to move him. Like, what would the Knicks, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Being a Knicks fan is tough. It is. It's tough. They got to be careful here. You know, it's like, it's just, the NBA is impossible. It's so hard right. to win. And Unless that, these guys, you just gifted Durant and Irving. and like that's the point it's like everybody calm down we're fine we're fine yeah it wouldn't be so bad to just be okay next year right right (laughs) to win games to matter to be in the playoffs to be on you know talked about on espn ever like and not just being made fun of well it's like boston right is the big cautionary tale of like didn't make the big swing kept kind of like trying to keep the flexibility and now they've sort of the musical this music has stopped and you know they don't they don't have enough but it's like boston has also been in the playoffs like every year for like the last six seven years they've been to like three eastern conference finals like yeah and they took a big enough swing to land Kyrie. you know right and kemba walker like it's yeah just hasn't quite happened for them but like it hasn't this isn't like a terrible run of celtics basketball like i would certainly sign up for like the last five six years of celtics basketball right and they but they are an amazing tale because right like it should have worked out you had a smart gm you had a good coach you had talented guys come in somehow that injury to what's his name i don't know why i can't focus right now keith van horn is the only name in my head and it's obviously not keith van horn what's his name (laughs) hey gordon hayward oh gordon hayward yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah gordon hayward's injury it was just True. like that was the yeah, catastrophe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it sucked that it went down that way on opening night of the season that that they got him, but 
It is what it's it is. It's true. And then Kyrie, who knows what actually was the problem there or what happened? Like, yeah. Just didn't work out. And then they get Kemba and he immediately gets hurt. And like, that turns into a disaster. So, yeah, it's just hard. Yeah. But again, it's not like it's been tragic. Like, they've, it's right. a nice run they've been on. And they're not, they still have two really talented young players. Like, it's not over for them either. <laughs> like, no, but it's I, okay to just like keep going along. And I, but I think it's also to your point, it's it's hard. It's hard to win. Yeah. You know, like it's impossible. Right. Like you could. I mean, I don't think the Celtics necessarily even did hardly anything wrong. Yeah. They just had a lot of like they had bad luck and bad timing on certain things. Yeah. You know, these trades are so hard to make because it's like, how do you that you want? You know, the guys you want, but how do you get them without gutting the team that you leave? Behind, you know, exactly. Then not good enough once you get them and then you don't have the assets to improve and then you're you're stuck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I actually kind of think that that's that's a pretty decent segue into uh, Aaron Rodgers. OK, unless you have any closing thoughts on the Knicks or the NBA. No, we'll say goodbye to our friends, the Knicks, and root against the Nets. And <laughs> the Nets. <laughs> they steamroll oh, the league. Where are you on Atlanta now? Are you? Do you want them to just hammer Philadelphia, or do you want to see them go down? I don't know. I both hate them. It would either way be fine. I hate them. I'd like to see them lose. But if they won, and it would be kind of like at least it would make me feel a little better about how we performed. Like if they went and smacked Philly, then I'd be like, okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that wasn't so bad. I also really don't like Joel Embiid. I can't stand him. Yeah. He's so annoying. He is so annoying. I don't like him at all. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I don't like that Philly team at all either. It's no. Not, yeah. Right. Philly Nets Eastern Conference Final would be torture. That would be brutal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's hope that the Knicks are smart and they don't panic. But they also understand that I did not like what I saw <laughs> this month. And right. I don't ever want to see that again. Right. That's true. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. So now that we're sort of we, – we sort of veered into player empowerment and, you know, NBA trades, uh, Aaron Rodgers seems to be feeling empowered lately. <laughs> <laughs> He is empowered. He's empowered. He's empowering himself. Right. Uh, so, you know, he just – he didn't show up for minicamp, and he's holding out. He's holding out. so much. He's filled with such empowerment. <laughs> <laughs> so flush with empowerment is he. <laughs> um, all right. How does this play out? Does he end up – is he a Green Bay Packer quarterback week one? I guess no, right? I, like – I don't know. I guess not. I don't know, like, and I think we'll get to this in a minute, but, like, we'll get to this later in the podcast, too, but I I also feel like NFL owners and or, like, teams or front offices or however you want to classify it are the Paul brothers. Like, (laughs) you know, you think they're about to get knocked out, that finally the players have the upper hand and they have the leverage, and, and now the owners are just going to get finally knocked on their ass. Right, and somehow 
All right, and somehow the world carries on like nothing ever happened. Right, and right, Rogers will just be there week one, and they'll be like, "Yep, well, you're playing for us." Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> you look pretty unhappy, but let's go win that Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny because I like I've been thinking about the Aaron Rodgers thing for a while. Like, I don't know why, but because I love player empowerment, I support them being empowered, and like, like he has every right to be like, I don't like it here anymore. And I want, and I'm going to use all the tools in my tool belt to get out of here. Because if the, you know, is on the other foot, the owners would have no issue doing exercising any power that they have to get rid of them. So, I have no problem with that. On the other hand, I'm just like so sick of like, you know, the the idea that he's been like wronged by the Packers. Like right. they've had a good team the whole time. They've done. He's had weapons. He's got the best offensive line in the sport. They went out and signed defensive free agents. Like. There's, you know, it, and it's like he is all this like high-minded talk about what it's about. That it's like people and culture. It's like they drafted your replacement and it pissed you off and it hurt your feelings. It's so true. Which I get. And look, the Packers, they made a decision that it was more important to get this young guy in there at the risk of alienating Aaron Rodgers, and that was probably a poor choice <laughs> and like they're reaping the benefits or the the you know the whatever of that decision but it's not like they've wronged the guy like they thought that was worth doing like they're maybe wrong like it was probably not but i don't know well you know look i guess here's what i will say and i i first of all i just agree with everything you said like he hasn't been right he hasn't been wronged it's a good team He's on a good team. He's the best player on a good team. And he has it, – look, it looks like he has a good coach. And right. uh, they got rid of a different coach to get him this good coach. You know, he hasn't not uh, been given resources. And, you know, I don't know. I don't follow the Packers that that closely. And I know he's really good, and it's it's tough to, 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 uh, to criticize the guy. But, like – you know, buddy, if if the team's not making it and you're the best player, like, what's going on here, pal? Right. <laughs> and, but, and I agree with you about the Packers as well. And and this is what the Packers really have to, to um, you know, kind of reckon with is, I mean, look, probably our wives who know next to nothing about football could have told you that Aaron Rodgers would get pissed off. If the yeah, Packers right. drafted another quarterback. And so right. obviously the Packers front office knew that Rodgers would give would feel empowered after, you know, they drafted a quarterback and they calculated it and they did it anyway. Yeah. And so, you know, whatever happens now happens. Like you you if you didn't have a, a contingency plan for this very scenario. Right. Then that's on you entirely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, right. If you didn't think this was possible, this might be his reaction. And it is a very funny reaction, which was like, okay, I will not make the stink right away. Right. <laughs> I will win the most valuable player award, and then I will never play for you again. Right. It's so true. <laughs> and there's no way you could convince me that wasn't intentional, because he's a ruthless kind of guy like that. No, that was 100%. He was like, I'm going to play this year, and I'm going to be a monster. Yeah. And then I'm getting the hell out of here. That's so true. 
<laughs> just to put maximum pain on you, right? The front uh, office. Right. Once I get a look at this kid too, and if I see that he stinks, that's what I'm probably especially right. making my way out of here. Absolutely. Oh my god, that's so true. But it is so funny that they thought that, they, that you know they obviously had the conversation of like, how bad do you think this is going to be if we draft this QB? Like he'll be fine. He'll be he'll be pissed, but like. He'll be all right. We'll get him under you know? control. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. No, we won't. <laughs> not even close. No. No, he's not happy. And, like, ultimately, the – and this is the thing about player empowerment because I support it a thousand percent because I agree. Like, I, you know, I don't understand siding with ownership. Even when players are wrong. Like, I think James Harden was wrong. I think Kyrie Irving is often wrong. But I'm never, like, feeling sympathy for the owner. Right. Like, I could care less. And I don't understand right. people that do. Oh, these spoiled millionaires ought to listen to the billionaires. Like, what are you talking yeah, yeah. about? Right. But, the, like, legit, you know, look, the fans could and should be pissed at you. You know? Because you're, like, ultimately you're abandoning them. I know you're mad at the ownership or the GM or whoever. But there's people who own your jersey and, like, would – I don't know. Like, there's definitely been a bar fight in the state of Wisconsin on Favre versus Rogers, and someone defended Rogers. That's happened, right? You know, and that guy feels betrayed, and he should, right? <laughs> right, because he took a punch in the face. Yeah, over in your honor. Yeah. No, right. They're gonna like. You can do what you want, and it's no problem. But right, like a fan is going to be angry at you, and maybe write something mean about you on twitter and that's like right. okay too like uh, twitter's a cesspool <laughs> like right okay you know it's actually reminding me you're making me think of it like uh you know carmelo anthony who i love and i liked him as a nick and i like him i support him to this day i think he's great but <laughs> he went back to denver and they were like shitty to him <laughs> and he was all shocked you know and yeah. it's like i gave them the seven years of my life it's like you publicly and like blatantly forced your way out of there to get to another team like yeah <laughs> you're not beloved in denver because you gave them seven good years you left them in a really kind of terrible manner <laughs> right like, and, and it, they don't it, like you there anymore and it is funny too right to like oh i gave you seven years of my life like imagine if like you know like, your wife cheated on you, and she's just like, well, we were married seven years first. It's like, who cares? What makes right. it worse? Right. Like, I was talking? loyal to you. I was faithful for seven great years. Right. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Right. And then I did sleep with your best friend. Right. <laughs> what about you should be giving me a standing ovation I know. for all those years that I did yeah. sleep with you? Unbelievable. Uh, but, but right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Are we missing? Has the player empowerment era in the NFL already begun and not with a quarterback after this? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. How good we're getting. Yeah. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listeners supported radio. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and to promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can 
RFB is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Julio Jones dramatically forcing his way, I guess, out of Atlanta. I don't know if he was forcing his way to Tennessee, but he forced his way out of Atlanta. Uh, has the player empowerment era in the NFL already begun? I guess. I, I think that's like two sets of interests aligning. You know, he's a little older. They could use some cap space. He's, if he says he wants out, you know, they, they could have used him this year, but like, I get where they, you know, they just drafted Pitts. They have, what do they have that other kid from Alabama? Like another wide receiver is really good. Um, that's probably just mutual interest aligning. I do. I, I don't, I, I understand the logic, but then why would he kind of go out in such like bizarrely dramatic fashion calling Shannon Sharp on the air? Well, you know, he didn't, he didn't know he was on the air. I don't believe that. Shannon Sharp called him. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I feel like, like how would any athlete ever trust Shannon Sharp again? Like how could Shannon Sharp still have that role? If, I don't know. He shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you don't think at all that that was like... Oh, that's a that's a fake post-hoc rationalization? Yeah. That they knew that was intentional and it was planned. Like, Shannon Sharp was on the air and was just like, let me call Julio. Well, and I don't know. Maybe. I guess because, like, I had already, you'd already been hearing that they were thinking about trading him for a while. So I don't know if that was his way of then being like, no, I want out of here. I don't know. Like, I just think... Like, it just seems less like I forced my way out than, okay, I want to be traded and then also being like, you know, I don't know. I just think NFL players have so little power. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Non-quarterbacks, you know, it's like. Um, I agree with you. But again, just from the fan, like, it seems like, I don't know. It, it's just wild to me that Shannon Sharp on air was like, let me call Julio. Now, I. I'm not going to call him off air, have a private conversation, and then report what I know. I'm going to call him while I'm on the air and put him on speakerphone for every – That's just yeah, but such... I do think Shannon Sharp, did you watch it? Like the way he was doing it, it was kind of this thing of like, um, this is me. I can like – I get these guys on speed dial. Like I can call up anyone and just get – you know what I mean? Like it was a flex for him to just be like – um, I don't know. Right, but like why – like I don't know. How long has Shannon Sharp been on the air? Years. Yeah. He decided to flex that. Like, and it, man, did it work the first time he used it? Right? right. Break news. Right. Yeah, that's true. That is a little too convenient. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like pretty stunningly like, wow, that guy, He fight, after years on the air, he decided he needed to pull out this flex. And he gets the guy in that moment. And then that guy not only trashes his own team to force a trade and somehow kicks the Cowboys on his way out the door right. for no reason. I don't know, but he did sound like he wasn't aware that he was on the, on being broadcast. I don't know, like the way he was talking, like he just didn't sound like somebody who was on TV at that moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I, I think it was a work, actually. I do, I, I, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy at all, either. Yeah, you but, might be right. Either way, I don't think it represents like a new era in the NFL of players having you know leverage yeah yeah well 
All right. Maybe Aaron, maybe it's Aaron Rodgers then. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I guess, he had, you know, no, no athlete, no NFL athlete has, uh, has the leverage of our last thing we'll discuss of these boxers. <laughs> None of them have the power of a Floyd Mayweather who doesn't get leave his house, I guess, for less than $100 million. <laughs> right. <laughs> As all of us on a pathetic string following his every move. Why is this guy... Why this guy? Why is Floyd the guy that has made all this money? Why yeah. His, he's the worst, most boring fighter I've ever seen in my life. But, I mean, that's why, right? Like, he is the guy... <laughs> at your poker table who's he's just never it's just just, he looks at his cards and if he doesn't like what he's got he folds and if he's got something he plays it and and he just racks up chips over time because he's not taking any risks he's not making any runs he's just like i'm gonna play it straight by the book by the percentages no risks at all like like you know and, and that's how he fights and that's why he's made so much money because he's been able to play well so well for so long it's like how many times are we gonna fall for this rope dope of like this thing that we're gonna see like <laughs> we're gonna something's gonna happen in a Floyd Mayweather fight that's gonna be really exciting and then the fight happens and nothing happens right and it's terrible and then but this time no now we're gonna see this dramatic <laughs> it's like no it's never gonna happen right it's never gonna happen never and you're right I, you said it this should ding his legacy I don't care it tarnish him forever yeah. Yeah, and I don't even care because you sent the video that he was kind of holding up Logan Paul. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I do believe that, or, or I don't, you know, I don't think it, it should be dismissed out of hand. But, uh, I mean, also, you know, the, what do you even knock him out? Knock him out? Knock him out. Why? Why would you not do that? Right. He sucks. <laughs> He's not good. Like, I, you know, it's like you start to look back at his career. He's the guy that, right, that's like the boxing purist. Or like, oh, you don't understand. He's like this, you know what I mean? Like, he's there are a lot of fights that if you really go back and look, he did nothing. And, like, just avoiding punches is not a fighter make. Like, he's a guy who, he's like the guy you're playing video games with who figures out some annoying technicality. That, yes. That then he, you know, like, he is just a sham like a total disgrace and should never his name should not come up with the great fighters and i guess it's less because nobody cares about boxing anymore so it doesn't even matter if you put him there or not but he's not he's a not he does not i do right. not think of him as a great fighter i will not recall him as a great fighter he is an entertainer he's a performer who had a very unusual shtick and like when I think of great athletes, I don't think of Floyd Mayweather because he could not even knock out a complete bum in a ridiculous exhibition match. Right. He's a sham. <laughs> could not agree more. I don't want to hear how old he is. And yeah, absolutely spare me like, well, the real boxing guys, they know how good he is. Like, I mean, no, like, yeah, no. I, I mean, look, does he have an elite skill? Fine. Yes. Yes, he does. Right. Like, but. Yeah, is he is he like you know if you go by that Hall of Fame standard like I had to see it for myself I, I God I wanted to see it for myself. I could care less if I never saw Floyd Mayweather fight right I would never rewatch a match of his on TV or on YouTube never yeah 
You know, the only fight of him where I had any respect for him was when he knocked out that guy, Ricky Hatton, where... The that, Irish guy, right? That. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was like a big deal. Floyd was, the be- was like the best. He was undefeated. And it was like everybody wanted this guy to beat him. And, you know, with boxing, there's always like the gross, like white black thing where yeah. suddenly everybody's a Ricky Hatton fan. <laughs> and Floyd knocked him out and it was great. And we we're like, okay, that was great. And like, but he, ever since, it's just these like baloney, you know, waiting for Pacquiao until Pacquiao shot and then it was barely a fight. Yep. The McGregor thing, he couldn't even take that guy to pieces. Like, McGregor was honestly, like, semi-impressive in that bout. Like, yeah, Floyd won, I guess. He started to sort of pick him apart, but not even in an impressive way. You know what I mean? Like, he couldn't even, like, take Logan Paul apart. Like, Right. <laughs> you know, like... You can't just hit him whenever you want. You're a great fighter. Right. <laughs> right. He should have gotten any shot he wanted. Right. He yeah. should have left. If you don't want to knock him out, fine. But he should have left that ring just, you know, puff red face. Yeah. Just whenever you wanted punching it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He should have left there just, like, with a new respect for him. Like, like what's a real pro athlete? One. Right, yeah. of a new respect for you and your greatness and what that means. And instead, yeah. we get this, like, his brother declaring victory. And I, I'm like, Jake Paul is right. He, they should. They have every right to be like, it was, it's a victory. He won. Yeah, yeah he won. I got to say, I I hated the I hate the Paul brothers. I hate them. I hate them. Right. I, hate, I hate what they stand for. God damn it, I respect them now. Right. Like, I just do. And I don't want to say it. It pains me to say that. But I'm saying it on the air for the world to hear. I respect the Paul brothers. They have right. earned my respect. Right. He was dangerous enough that Floyd decided I would rather play patty cake with him for eight rounds than risk any humiliation. You yeah. know, than risk what would come if I actually got caught. Like, he was dangerous enough that Floyd thought if I actually get caught with a punch here, that would be really bad. And so I'm going to just, you know, do nothing. Yeah. And, and you know what? Good for the Paul brothers. Because I got to say, I am not a fan of propping up institutions because it's the right thing to do or it's the way it's always been done. I think that the right thing to do and the way it's always been done is uh, just some sort of passive aggressive control mechanism that people use. Like boxing. You suck. Right. You've Wrecked ruined the sport, the sport yeah. and it's nothing. It's it's we like when I was a kid, I had a sport and then I lost the sport. Not because I lost interest, but because the sport just disappeared into nothing. Right. It's just like it cratered. And it's like this pay-per-view model just did not work and they never changed it. And, you know, they need a governing body yep. that really gets the fights. Like it's just right. Yeah. And like the- for all the things I don't like about the UFC – they fight each other. The good guys fight. They, you know, it's they're constantly churning it out. It's a great product. Right. Boxing's terrible. Yeah. And the Paul brothers figured out how to exploit it, and they yeah. did. And they had every right to because it's right. not even it's not even like at the first whiff of a problem, like they were like predators and pounced. Like it's been right terrible for forever. And they're like, hey, let's just go like do this. And then they did. And this is this has been the most buzz boxing's had. In like right. a decade, right. and so right. good for them. Yeah, right. They're. I mean, they've made all this money, and they were right. It was ripe for exploitation, and they didn't create the problem. They just took advantage of it. Yeah, like, and 
you know, and but Floyd, that's why you hold him more accountable. Like he's as big a part of it as anyone. And yeah. for him to be like, I just feel like he couldn't even give us like if you did put I didn't watch it, too. I will say I followed it on Twitter and highlights and that's it. But like people that did tune in, you couldn't even give them the satisfaction of watching this guy get pummeled. Like, right. You wouldn't even give your people who support you and plunked money down like the like. Oh, that was really fun to watch that mouthy white boy get <laughs> right. picked to pieces. Like instead, you were left being like, "Well, I don't know what that was." Yeah, <laughs> right. I left disliking both of them. Right. Nate Robinson gave a better effort. Yeah. <laughs> At least he got knocked out. Poor Nate Robinson. <laughs> I hate that that happened to him. I didn't even say uh, like I loved him, but like I hate I that hate that happened. Him. Me too. I hate that he had to experience that. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. Deserve that. No, he doesn't deserve that. God. <laughs> but good for the Pauls. Fine. Let him go. Right. Fine, Pauls. I just like, do you think they'll ever fight somebody that will expose them or they this grift? Everybody, I feel like everybody knows their role to play. Like Floyd, for whatever reason, decided that I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to keep their grift going. Yeah, I'm not, you know, like, so now he exits and he survived and like, are they going to put themselves in a position where somebody harms them? (laughs) (laughs) It's just so funny. Everybody's plunking down like 80 bucks, hoping somebody really badly hurts them. It's such a strange thing to like, (laughs) you know, there's no sense that they're good or that they're ever going to prove themselves as like champions. It's just like, will they ever get like brutally harmed right and once again credit to them they got to know that yeah like they know it and they're like god people want to see us get punched in the face so (laughs) So badly that they're gonna pay all this money (laughs) (laughs) imagine knowing that and then monetizing it i couldn't respect it more right (laughs) maybe we should like do a paywall for this show where (laughs) if you pay a hundred dollars we'll tease it for like months that they'll get to see you punch me in the face (laughs) But it's one time only, and you got to pay a hundred dollars for it. I, how much would we make? We'd probably make a hundred dollars from McCullough. Right, one person. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'd get a Venmo the day of the promotion. Oh man, uh, I I am interested. I gotta say, I'm considering now buying the Jake Paul uh, Tyron Woodley fight. Right. Who is Tyron Woodley? He's a UFC guy. He was a UFC champion, but I, he also got kicked out of UFC. I don't know why. Okay. Um, but he was a champion. But again, it's so hard to tell. And I texted this to you earlier, but like I'm going to start treating the Paul brothers like Vegas, where Vegas is like, you know, if a line doesn't make sense, you look at it and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. But I'm not betting that because I'm sure they know something. And I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's got to be something. It's like I don't think – I do think that the Paul brothers know that everyone wants to see them get knocked out, that this is over as soon as that happens basically. And right. so that they're probably very careful. And then, yeah, with the whole like gotcha hat from Floyd thing, like I don't know what's a work and what's real anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the way it all started with this Woodley guy, it was somehow so, – I mean somehow he was in Jake Paul's locker room before his last fight. And then they started jawing at each other. And then one of Jake Paul's minions was in the room, and he was really giving it to Woodley. And then the fight got booked. Right. So 
like again why was he in his locker room if they were gonna like jaw like you would think that if i'm jake paul i'd be like i don't know this guy i'm out of here like yeah i know what you mean like there's some sense that he they must know that even against this woodley guy they won't take a serious dangerous beating right otherwise he wouldn't be there but this does seem like pushing the pushing the limit of that uh, of that but I don't know. So did fighting Floyd Mayweather. I know. That's what I mean. Like, how did he escape? And that's just why it's such a disgrace. And he's what? also the lesser Paul. Right. Really? Oh, I thought he was the better one. He's, he's the, the more, worst. he's the better YouTuber. Okay. But he's the far, far worst fighter. <laughs> oh my God. He's the better YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God bless him. Yeah. Oh, I might God. buy this fight. I might, you know, because look, yeah, I'm now officially intrigued by the Pauls. Right. Like, I want, right. I'm riding it until I get to see them knocked out flat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ride the wave, the train. Like, could you see yourself ever getting into UFC? I can't. I've tried. I just, it just doesn't interest me. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'll, I won't say never because maybe there'll be somebody special who's like just really entertaining. But I just don't like watching those fights. They're just gross. And yeah, yeah, I'm flirting with it. Okay, I'm giving them a chance. And and I feel like I feel like this Floyd Paul brother incident is the last straw for boxing. To me, yeah. it's just like, all right, guys, look, I really hung in. I hung in there with you. Yeah, yeah. I wanted well, you know, it to work. There's these. There's this Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. Anthony Joshua guys are three legit pretty good heavyweights if they don't all fight each other in the next two years like I will I'm done with boxing like yeah. they already blew the whole Holyfield Lewis Bo Tyson era if they do it again it's just it just can't even deal with this <laughs> right absolutely I could not uh, agree with you more uh, well Brian uh I think that brings us to the end of our radio show. Um, any last words for the fans? No, just uh, yeah. Keep on the lookout. Maybe we'll turn into the we'll turn we'll try to bring a Paul element to this show at some point. <laughs> right, we're gonna mix it up. We already have NBA faces. Now we're gonna have. Maybe we'll just start challenging people to fights. Maybe we'll challenge like the Talking Giants guy. Like... <laughs> right. An MMA fight or something. Look out, Bobby Skinner. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Download us on Saturdays.